Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Canberra Football Show, episode 92. Michael, a lot, a lot went down this weekend, didn't it, in Canberra football and world football. Uh, obviously the World Cup, which is at the final Spain of the champions. If you want to hear a little bit of World Cup talk, I know you do at the start of the show, go to the start of the MPLW segment with Jeremy. Uh, we break it. Uh, all down there. And in terms of Canberra football, Michael, huge news. O'Connor Knights are the MPL champions. Absolutely huge for them. The um, Canberra football article also said it was their first top flight silverware in the club's history. So awesome stuff there. We'll break it down a little later, but obviously a team that was just promoted from CPL 18 months ago, showing exactly why uh, promotion was needed and is still needed. Absolutely incredible stuff there from the Tyraniches and the O'Connor players. Getting to that more later. Michael, first of all, how's it going? Yeah, doing good, Matt. Obviously, congratulations to the O'Connor Knights for claiming the minor premiership. I mean, they were, and they have been sensational all season long as the front runners and showcasing why they're the best team in the competition. Most certainly, they've played excellent football. They've scored you know, great goals. They've been a hard team to beat all season. And I think, like you mentioned there, 18 months ago, to see how far they've come from, you know, their first season back in NPL football, finishing in the top four, and then to come fast forward this season to, you know, go a step beyond that and not only claim a top four spot, but claim the minor premiership just goes to show how big of strides they've made in the past 18 months. So, Congratulations to the club. I'm sure that they're absolutely ecstatic that they've managed to claim such an achievement. But we know that there's still finals football and another trophy to play for. So there's more of an incentive there to add to the trophy cabinet for sure. But we'll get into our MPL segment, Matt. Our first match was Canberra Olympic up against Tigers FC. A 1-0 win for Olympic. A huge win for them. Popovich getting the goal in this one. And it was the only goal that proved to be the difference in this encounter as Popovich got his 11th goal of the season, Matt. So again, he's had a fantastic season for Canberra Olympic and it all came from, you know, a bit of a bizarre goal. I mean, you do see it from time to time uh, with goalkeepers, but he attempted uh, a charge down as Tigers keeper, Jacob Cole went to attempt to clear the ball, but it ultimately rebounded off the striker to end up in the back of the net. So I guess when you work hard to put the keeper under a bit of pressure, you can sometimes get lucky in that instance. But with the hard work of, you know, being able to close the goalkeeper down, sometimes, you know, luck will go your way. And that's what happened with Nick Popovich as he managed to score and grab the only goal in this game. And like I said, it proved to be huge because they ended up winning this match one nil and the result obviously means that Olympic leapfrog Tigers they're now second on the ladder while Tigers slip to fourth place on the table but they're one point ahead of fifth place Monaro and we'll get into Monaro's crucial result as well a little bit later on in this segment but nevertheless a great win for Canberra Olympic like I said Matt they're inside the top two now but things are really close and competitive inside that top four sort of structure at the moment. It's going to really come down to the wire 
between the other clubs. Obviously, we touched on O'Connor. They've already cemented the minor premiership in first place. But nevertheless, Olympic would have come into this one needing a, a big victory in, in terms of just getting three points. And that's exactly what they've done in this game against a resilient Tigers outfit as they always prove to be for any opposition. So great win for Canberra Olympic in this match. Matt, do you want to get into our next encounter? Certainly more goals in this one, six goals in this one. And it was the away side that came away with a victory at the expense of a club that we, as we know, have been relegated to CPL next season. Yeah, Michael, that's right. This one was Tugger on United against West Canberra Wanderers. I commentated on this one with Russ at Melrose. And like you mentioned, West Canberra Wanderers are relegated to CPL. So the result did not impact the table, uh, but both sides were looking to try and end the season as strongly as possible as there's three games remaining to do so. Well, there was three games remaining to do so um, at the start of this match. Uh, it began with uh, Tuggies blitzing the first half with two goals in the opening 21 minutes. A pitch-perfect cross from Sam Walker found Hislop at the far post for a header for the first goal, and Lewis McKinney converted from the penalty spot for the second. Just before halftime, uh, Berkeley nodded home the third from a McKinney corner uh, to make it 3-0. Tuggies started the second half as they did the first with another goal. This time in the 58th minute, McKinney's delivery for Sam Walker to get a header at the corner of the post made it 4-0. Stellar game from McKinney overall overall with two assists and a goal in this one. Uh, The Wanderers did not want to go home without a couple of goals, though, and they scored two before the end of the encounter. They came in the 64th and the 83rd minute, respectively. Uh, the first was a penalty kick, which was scored by skipper Doug Woodywis and Nick Rufagalis off the bench scored the second. A tough match for the Wanderers as they are yet to find their first points of the season. And for them, the time is running out as there are only two matches remaining. Uh, they had a better second half, though, as they had some good moments, I thought, defensively, some good last-ditch tackles, some good defensive movement, and the two goals, of course, as well came in the second half with a couple other chances in there. So improved second half from the Wanderers there. Overall, though, from Tuggeron, it was an absolutely fantastic performance, I thought, especially in the first half. The deliveries, the balls over the top, uh, the through balls, uh, literally all on point in this one. And they arguably could have had more to their tally um, there were some superb saves from Wanderers keeper Nell and Johnny Haidu also hit the post for Tuggies. So Tuggies take their points tally to 14 points and have now won two on the trot. So good form for Tuggies as they as we are approaching the end of the season. Michael, you mentioned before there was another pivotal match in terms of the top four. It's not complete. Uh, it's not completely over yet for the side who lost in this one, but it is a bit of a tough loss considering time is running out for them to try and make the top four. Time certainly is running out, Matt. It was Canberra, Croatia up against Manara Panthers, and it was the Panthers who sneaked away with a one nil victory at Deakin Stadium. So they obviously kept their aspirations 
for finals football alive with that huge win. It was Tachenko's penalty in the 22nd minute that proved to be the difference between the two sides in this match. You know, it occurred after Supersich took down Archie uh, McGregor inside the box, which resulted in a penalty which was ultimately converted by Tachenko. And, you know, it's not all sort of doom and gloom, Matt, but it, it is a bit of a blow for Canberra Croatia's aspirations uh, to try and lock down a top four spot this season. And like I said just a moment ago when I was dissecting uh, my earlier match between Canberra Olympic and Tigers, it's really going to come down to the wire for some of these teams to cement a top four finish. It's literally going to come down right to the last game of the season. But, you know, Croatia, uh, they did have a goal disallowed in the first half through Frank Greco, so they were a little unfortunate in that instance. But a special mention, Matt, has to go to the performance of Jordan Thurtell in the Monaro goalkeeping spot, who had a fantastic game yet again for the Panthers. He always shows up, doesn't he, Thurtell? And that's why he's recognised as one of the best, if not the best, keeper in the MPL competition. So a great win for the Monaro Panthers. And like I mentioned earlier, they're only one point off getting inside the top four. So crucial times ahead for Monaro if they want to get themselves back into finals football and reclaim the grand final as they did famously last season. Matt, our next match, another very, very close game. It's a side that we talked about a little bit at length to start the MPL segment. It's the inform O'Connor Knights who got the win in this one and obviously claimed the MPL minor premiership. Yeah, absolutely huge historic for the O'Connor Knights in this match at the AIS historic day for them. Like you mentioned, captured the league title and as i mentioned earlier in the show uh cover football article mentioned that it is the first top flight title in their history so massive achievement there for the o'connor knights all the drama occurred at the end of the first half in this one max green received two yellow cards within minutes of each other and subsequent subsequently was sent off on the 45th minute mark O'Connor Knights sealed the league title in style via James Driscoll, a nice ball from Regan Walsh on the edge of the box, which found Driscoll and Driscoll hit a beautiful ball for the far corner. What a way to seal the league title. A goal that will go down in the history books for O'Connor Knights, I am sure. Uh, Gangala were close to tying the score at the death, a free kick. Uh, put at the far post, which sort of slipped through the hands of Iran's and hit the post. Nick Dahl might have gotten a touch on it also. Uh, regardless if it went in or not, a draw would have still been enough for O'Connor to seal the title. Nonetheless, uh, the loss for Gengarlin means that they dropped to third, two points uh, behind second place Olympic. Uh, they also lead fourth place Tigers by one point, fifth place Monaro by two points, and sixth place Croatia by four points. So as you mentioned before, Michael, that top four race will really will go down to the wire. And the O'Connor Knights are now 10 points adrift with two matches remaining uh, at this point of the season. Congratulations to O'Connor Knights. Like we said before, it was well-deserved. Again, 
we've reiterated this a few times, but it's just so important. Uh, when you look back through the season, O'Connor have been the standard bearers. Uh, they had the best defense, only conceding 18, and only one goal off the best attack, which was 49 goals. Once again, 18 months ago, they were pro- uh, promoted to CPL after a 13-year absence and have now won the title. They've set the standard and shown why promotion relegation was needed for a long time and is still needed. Credit to Mira Tiranich, Alex Tiranich, and the whole squad. Absolutely well-deserved. Uh, they were the best team for the season. So, And everyone, it seems, uh, just from the comments of what on social media, all agree from all the clubs. And also, absolute scenes of the celebrations in the locker rooms on their social media. Mira Tiranich is on fire is the main um, video I think I saw there on social uh Media on the Instagram is probably on the Facebook as well. So once again, congratulations to the O'Connor Knights. Michael, uh, despite the league title being wrapped up, there is still plenty to play for and mostly in terms of trying to secure that top four for a couple of teams. And for some, uh, well, for one team anyway, it will be over if they lose next week. Uh, But if uh, certain teams get certain wins, this could go right down to the wire. Yeah, that's right, Matt. The MPL round 20 fixtures, let's get into it. It's Canberra Olympic up against Monaro Panthers. Huge top four implications in that match. Saturday, August 26th, 3pm at O'Connor Enclosed. The O'Connor Knights will play host to West Canberra Wanderers in a game that is first versus last. Saturday, August 26th, 3pm at AIS Grassfield 2. We then have Togonong United. They've secured safety for this season to play NPL football next season. They'll play Tigers FC and it's a big game for Tigers, as we mentioned earlier, for top four. Saturday, August 26th, 5pm at Canberra 201. Lastly, we have Gungahlin United up against Canberra Croatia. Another huge, huge game that one's going to be, but this one will be played on Sunday, August 27th, 3pm at AIS Grassfield 2. So some absolutely cracking fixtures for NPL football this upcoming weekend and we'll be the first ones to break it down on the show next time out. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to our MPLW segment. Joining us back on the show is Jeremy McGahn. Jeremy, how's it going today? And before we start with the MPLW, let's talk a little bit of Women's World Cup, shall we? Uh, The mighty Matildas knocked out your native France, which would have been sad for you, but then you had, but then you watched uh, England lose in the final, which you were telling me yesterday on commentary that you can't have England or Italy winning. So Euro twenty twenty final would have been horrendous for you then. Uh, so uh, how's it going today? Can't remember. And, uh, what are your thoughts on the World Cup? I remember what happened in twenty twenty. I think it was in twenty twenty one, and and I don't remember any two years. I remember twenty eighteen, and I don't remember anything else after that. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was an awesome World Cup, obviously, and um, and it was great to see you know the people who turned up at the game and how much it was talked about in the country. And I think it was a yeah, it was a great great show of what the World Game does when it comes to Australia. The football itself was great. I mean, yesterday Spain was just spectacular, uh, and and you know besides the fact that I didn't really want England to win, seeing Spain playing so well. Uh, was uh, was really awesome, and uh, you know it was a, it was a great goal, and I think it was a, a very good display of football, despite whatever happens for them outside of the pitch. So uh, it's good to see uh, 
those players who have such talent getting that reward. And you know, England got the Euro not too long ago, so uh, so it's okay if they uh, if they just make the final and not win, they can share a little bit the trophies around. It's it's hard to imagine when uh, when Spain is going to stop winning though, because all those girls are so young. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that striker had won the year under twenty World Cup last year. So it's uh yeah it was it was a very good tournament uh, and unlucky for both France and the Matildas that they didn't make it any further, but uh, but we've seen some some very good team and maybe the best team in the tournament winning. In terms of the Matildas, obviously semi-finals um, weren't able to make it past England. England were the better team on the day, and same as in the third place playoff against Sweden. Uh, but they obviously had a fantastic tournament, inspired a lot of young girls and young boys as well, as well as the nation brought everyone together. And Sam Kerr showed exactly why she's a world-class player, uh, creating something out of nothing. Yeah, that's right, Matt. Obviously, the fairy tale and uh, sorry, a, a fairy tale tournament sort of came to an end there in the semi-finals against England. Like you said, England, I think we're the better team overall when you look at it from the ninety minutes. But I think, like you said, it's nevertheless been an inspirational tournament from the Matildas. Nevertheless, they've inspired a lot of a lot of people, a lot of Australians with the way that they approached the tournament, the way that they played. Uh, I think they're going to inspire a lot of, you know, girls coming up in the next generation uh, to put on a pair of football boots and get out and play football and want to become professional footballers. So, I mean, we saw the impact by the amount of people that were at their games, uh, all the games that the Matildas played. I mean, you know, you basically had sellouts at every every single match that they played. They were exceptional. They had, you know, they. I don't think they would be complaining certainly about the crowd um, in, in the tournament. They were they were exceptional uh, th- throughout, and it really spurred on the Matildas, and it sort of acted like a twelfth man or a twelfth sort of woman, however you want to sort of uh, put it. Uh, the crowd, but. They uh they really sort of helped and pushed them uh beyond sort of I'm sure some limitations that they would have felt, but nevertheless it was a great tournament from the Matildas and hopefully you know that this spurs on some further work sort of to be done by you know the government and whatnot and we won't sort of get into it in into too much detail but I mean the success of the tournament I think speaks for itself and hopefully we can sort of continue as a nation particularly in football and I think sort of just, yeah, carry that on from the successes of obviously what the Socceroos achieved at the uh, Qatar World Cup and uh, the Matildas by making the semifinals. So it goes to show that the talent's there. We just uh, obviously need the the sort of funding to, to back it and I'm sure uh, they'll sort of continue on this upward uh, trajectory. Yeah, let's hope so and let's not open that can of worms, shall we, in terms of that whole... <laughs> That whole discussion, but let's hope the game gets more funding. All right, let's start with MPLW, shall we? Let's kick it off with Canberra Olympic, who won 3-0 over the CUA on the weekend. On Saturday afternoon, Olympic opened the scoring five minutes in as Olivia Gurney neatly put a ball over the top of the CUA defence for Maddie Whittle uh, to make that run. And she hit it first time, beautifully timed there, past the keeper. Great play all around there from Olympic. Olympic doubled their lead in the 50, 53rd minute as Leah Carnegie put in a big corner kick for the far, far post. The keeper went to save it, but it looks like it ricocheted off Aitolu in the path of Arusha, Arusha Chu for the finish to make it 2-0. Uh, 
Olympic extended their lead nine minutes later as a ball was placed in the box and went wide for Gurney, who placed it uh, back for Kat Perich, who uh, proceeded to crack a, a shot from the corner of the box over the head of the keeper. Really nice goal here from Perich. And uh, it was also Gurney's second assist of the match, if I'm not mistaken. After this loss uh, for the CUA, it means they remain in fifth place and 12 points behind Olympic, sorry, uh, behind Gungahlin in fourth, which means that finals football is officially off the cards for the CUA. Uh, still a really good season from them, though, nonetheless. Uh, for Olympic, though, a very important uh, win as they keep pace with Balcon United. They are two points behind the Blue Devils. And they both, of course, have two matches in hand with uh, the big the big one midweek where they play each other on the catch-up match on Wednesday, which could be pivotal in terms of who takes pole position for the title as they'll both still obviously have uh, one match in hand. And I don't think they'll be playing each other again. I could be wrong there. Jeremy will uh, correct me if I'm wrong there. Jeremy, what are your thoughts on this one? Obviously, it was a crucial win for Olympic. Yeah, a very important win. You know, we, we are going to talk about that game coming up on Wednesday and Olympic absolutely had to make sure um, they were going to avoid the, the CUA trap because CUA has been very good um, th this season. They did so and they did so well. Um, and now they're just two points behind Belkonen before playing them on Wednesday. So that's that's important. We've said that often when we commented on Olympic, right? Olivia Gurney seems to be... Uh, Maybe their most um maybe their most threatening attacking outlet um ga game in game out and just because she as well as being as collective as the rest of the team she's able to really create the difference by herself and she did that with uh, with those assists um I think it's a it was a deserved win for Olympic I think they've really shown their experience and uh, you know like if you, if you look at the first half um the academy barely got close to Janet King because defensively Olympic is just just very strong and it's not only the the back four but it's the whole 11 uh, really working hard uh to, to stop any any build-up going on for the other team so Olympic really sort of like um faithful to who they've been uh, recently it's good for them to to also get um you know another uh, clean sheet as you mentioned the the finals we already know now who the four teams are going to be so at least uh they, they are sort of like gaining some momentum and some confidence before the the game that are going to matter even more than that uh, league championship um, chase but uh but yeah it was it was a deserved victory I think as far as the academy goes, it's been a, it's been a very interesting year for for Matimor, uh, Amadou Goul, and and the girls. I think they've shown that they were the the best of the rest, and they've shown that when it when they when they play well, when they have actually ninety minutes of consistent uh, great great football, then they can rival with the top four. But as soon as they're going to make a mistake, they're going to pay it. So it's probably going to be the that learning curve that you know the coach anyway wants to bring to the academy. Well, they've learned that. Uh, this season playing against the, those four teams at the top that have been definitely stronger than the lot. Yeah, very good summary uh, there, Jeremy. And we have a very similar scoreline uh, for our next match. And Michael, who do we have up next? It was a big win for the visitors as they leapfrog themselves into sixth place. Yeah, that's right, Matt. They won by the same scoreline as the match you just uh, and Jeremy dissected beforehand what a victory for ANUW so it was West Canberra Wanderers nil ANUW three 
Tavera, Hopkins and Serres on the score sheet for the visitors in this one. Like I said, a great victory for ANU in this game. It was a stellar first half showing from the away fit, away sorry outfit in this match. Uh, Chavera opened the scoring for the uni side in the 18th minute after a shot from the corner of the box found the back of the net. And then they soon doubled their advantage 14 minutes later in the 32nd minute of play when Hopkins scored a brilliant header from a free kick situation. And then the visitors uh, secured their third goal of the match in the second half in the 49th minute. So not too long after the restart when Saras let fly on a strike that Went into the goal. It was a great strike to make it 3-0, like I said, after 49 minutes. So the result was pretty much wrapped up at that moment in time. It was a great performance for ANUW. And we've talked about the performances this season for them in terms of them playing well and not necessarily picking up the results. But this proved to be the contrary, where they managed to put together a good performance and a solid performance like they have done at different parts of the season. But they actually managed to get the three points on this occasion, which will boast well and give them a lot of confidence. So the result means that ANU, and sort of like we mentioned, ANUW sit four points ahead of uh, West Canberra Wanderers on the table uh, on 12 points, while uh, West Canberra are bottom on eight. But like you said, they leapfrog into sixth place on the table, Matt. So just all around a very good weekend for ANUW football. Jeremy, what did you make of this result for ANUW? A great victory for them away from home and they keep a clean sheet as well. Yeah, I, th- I think Yusem did well. Um, every every game this year, they've had opportunities to find the back of the net and too many times they just weren't able to take advantage of it. Well, they just did that this weekend uh, at Wanderers Park. Whenever they had half a chance, they really punished the, the Wanderers and and. Both teams had a fair a fair share of chances uh, besides the three goals that were scored. Uh, but when those three goals needed to be scored, the ANU were the one uh, able to do it. It was interesting to see two teams without their main goalkeepers um, lined up. And, and maybe even more interesting, that first goal uh, from the ANU came from a, an assist from the goalkeeper. We don't see a goalkeeper assist uh, often enough not to... Uh, not to uh, talk about it, it was Roxy Swart, who's usually the, the striker, uh, who was playing in uh, in goalkeeper. That's the second time that they play goalkeeper. Uh, and uh, and they, they managed to get an assist. So it was pretty good. Of course, Sofia Chavera had definitely a bit of work to do to make that an assist. Uh, but she did very well. The, the former Wanderers forwards to uh, to punish uh, her old teams for the Wanderers. It's uh, yeah, it's a bit of a, an end to the season um, that, that kind of matches what happened all season. They have some talent, um, but they they just sometimes forget to uh to focus for, for the whole 90 minutes and uh and they did get punished every single time. That second goal, the header from Hopkins, it doesn't look like it's going to be that dangerous. And then uh, she just places it perfectly. Uh even the third goal it's a shot from a distance. But if you uh, if you close down Alexandra earlier then she doesn't have the opportunity to make that shot. So it's it's that learning curve that Ray Castro is going through as well. You know they've had some some highlights in the season, namely beating Olympic, but those highlights have been a little bit too uh, too few and far between, uh, and that's probably why they end up at the bottom of the table right now. For the ANU, I think the sixth spot is probably a bit more akin to what we've seen from them this season uh, with, with the talent that they have in that team, uh, but it's great to see a, a, a team that just got promoted not finishing at the bottom, and it shows the talent that there is in this um, university team. Certainly right, Jeremy. There is a lot of talent within that ANUW team. And like I said, a great result 
for them in this match. Matt, do you want to get onto our next encounter? What an entertaining game this one was. So I won't get into it too much and I'll leave it uh, to you to break down. Yeah, look, it certainly was. Jeremy and I were there commentating on this one. A seven-goal thriller at Deakin Stadium on Sunday afternoon. 4-3, Canberra Croatia were victors over Gungahlin United. Third v. Fourth uh, heading into this one as well. Canberra Croatia got off to a golden start as Brittany Palombi scored from the penalty spot. Uh, the match was pretty back and forth um, up until the next goal uh, when Gungahlin had a blitz right at the end of the first half, scoring twice in two, two minutes to put themselves in the lead. The first was from Ginger Oliver scoring her eighth goal of the season as she retrieved the ball from Estella. Uh, ball over the top from Michelle Heyman to neatly dink the keeper. Next up, Heyman got us got a goal of her own as she won the ball back from Diane Wilson in midfield, made a darting run for the box, sort of cut inside and then placed it across Chloe Lincoln as she came out to try and make the save for the lead. Canberra Croatia came out of the blocks, raring to go in the second stanza, scoring twice in the space of three minutes, the opening three minutes as well. The first came courtesy of Sienna Burney as she beat the offside trap and ran onto a nice through ball from Tatum Matsis and placed it past the keeper. Brittany Palombi scored her second of the match uh, next as she struck from a corner. So from the corner, she crossed it, uh, sort of curled it at the far post. Uh, cross, shot, cross, call or what you will. It was a Brittany Palombi goal at the end of the day. And then Palombi got another one for her hat-trick of the afternoon and her 21st goal of the season in the 61st minute to make it 4-2. She received the ball on the edge of the box, took a touch, and then neatly took another touch around her incoming marker and then had a shot to score that goal. Another nice goal here from Palombi. Uh, Palombi now leads the goal-scoring charts by 7 and the last goal of the game was literally the last kick of the game uh, from Michelle Heyman to make it 4-3 and completed her brace for the afternoon. She received the ball, had a bit of a battle with Fenson, won that battle and neatly dinked it over the keeper. Heyman has now scored eight goals in the MPLW competition this season. Jeremy, uh, we were there commentating this one. What did you make of it? It seemed like a game of moments with both teams uh, having a blitz, one at the end of the first half, one at the start of the second half. And Croatia ended up taking this one in quite an interesting matchup. Yeah, it was a lot of fun uh, cutting that game, Matt, for sure. Uh, you know, we we knew that we were going to be in for an entertaining encounter. I don't think anybody would have expected a, a seven-goal thriller. It, it, was, it was good to see both teams really giving their all and, and understanding the importance of winning that game that technically is deciding who's going to finish um, third from what it looks like. There's still a chance that uh, either or uh, passes Olympic or Belkonen if something truly dramatic happens for those two teams up front. Uh, but but it was good to see that they really they really fought well and there's two teams that you know have a chance to uh, to play against each other again at the first round of the finals. Um, so it was uh, probably a good psychological um, 
advantage to take from Canberra Croatia to be able to come back from that halftime and to score those goals. You know, if you if you're either coach, I think what you've seen during that game is probably uh, the good and the bad that happened for you this season. Uh, you know, offensively those teams are very able, but defensively they just concede too much. Uh, and Gungalin conceding four games and uh, four goals, excuse me, and even Canberra Croatia conceding conceding three is why uh, those two have conceded more than twenty goals. And on the other side, Belkon and Olympic have only conceded. 10 each. So if, if either team wants to uh, get to the, the next silverware available, which seems to be uh, the grand final one, they're going to have to fix that or just score more goals than the opposition. I guess that works for some coaches uh, as well. Good to see Whitney Palombi uh, coming up with a hat trick, really cut clutch since the beginning, uh, since the middle of the season, I should say. Uh, and, and good to see, of course, Michelle Heyman uh, with the brace and showing how important she is for this Gunga in outfit. Hopefully, fingers crossed for them, she's going to be available uh, until uh, the, the grand final is played because, of course, there's going to be training going on with uh, Canberra United, we expect uh, at that moment. So that could be for two teams, for those two teams, a really important player missing if Chloe Lincoln and Michel Heyman goes. Uh, it was it was a great game. Obviously, two teams that fully deserve to be uh, in in the finals, and uh, and I'm looking forward to uh, hopefully calling on that game again when it comes the the first round of the final. I mean, I I, I wish for them that they finish second, but if they don't, I, I'm going to love uh, calling that Canberra Croatia Gangaling game once more. Yeah, that definitely does open up the possibilities for finals and all four of those teams in that top four uh, have shown it's a really interesting race. And like we chatted on commentary, when it comes to finals, it really is a flip of the coin and uh, it's hard to say who's going to win each match. So we'll wait and see as that one comes up. Michael, and we talked about similar results at the start of this uh, MPL program. Now we'll see another one, uh, another 3-0 scoreline. Uh, who were the victors in this one, Michael? Yeah, it was Belconi United who got the victory in this one. And if I look at things correctly, I believe that is the third match that was 3-0 from this past weekend in MPLW football out of the four games. So a bit of a common theme there between all the matches. But nevertheless, we'll get right into it. Belconi secured a straightforward win away from home, as they so often have done this season. 3-0 over Tuggerong United, Cram with a double, and Ems with a goal in injury time at the end of the match. The deadlock was broken in the 18th minute after Cram scored a goal following a scramble in the box to give Belko the lead. She would grab her second goal and her team's second. Eight minutes later in the 26th minute from point-blank range, and that pretty much gave Belconi United some really good breathing room in the first half. It's exactly what they would have wanted in the first half of play. And then that sort of carried over into the second half where Togganong United obviously had done a lot better defensively to, to shut out Belconi United, which they've proved over the course of the season that they can do to teams when they get in a bit of shape and uh, get bodies behind the ball. They can prove to be a hard team to break down. And that's what they were able to do after conceding those first two goals in the first half. But nevertheless, it was Jade Ems who would go on to score the third goal for Belconi United. And it was actually her first goal for the Blue Devils after a nice header to make it 3-0 for Belconi. And that's obviously how the match would end on this occasion. But I do want to make mention of, you know, sending 
you know, our luck to Pearl Tien from Belconnen uh, United, who we on a two-week trial with La Liga club Avar in Spain. So that's awesome news for Canberra football and for Pearl, of course. So wishing her all the best with her trial overseas. And it's always great to see Canberra talent being given an opportunity like this to seek the next step in their careers. So hoping all goes well with that endeavour. In terms of the league standings uh, in this, as a result of this match, Belconnen remained top of the table by two points on 43 points, while Tuggeranong dropped to seventh in the table on 10 points following a new W's win, as we discussed earlier in this segment. Jeremy, what did you make of this result for Belconnen United? Obviously, it was a rather straightforward win, but they've played really well this season, Belconnen United. But obviously, Tuggeranong had their positives throughout the match as well, but ultimately, it just wasn't enough. Yeah, exactly. First, I'll join you in in uh, congratulating Pearl Teen for that opportunity, and uh, you know whoever is involved in in sending our uh, Canberra talent in Spain. Uh, I know Talal Safar has, has a hand in there. Uh, it's it's really good to to expose those players that we think are the best in the capital to what level they should reach to be able to play in Spain. And apparently, it's going it's going well for uh, for Conor Malen Smith. So we uh, we hope the same happen to to Pearl Chin when she gets there. And she's obviously a, a really 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 talented uh, young player. So seeing what it will take to to get to a team like A-Bar. Uh, if she makes it the first time, that's awesome because she has the talent for it. And if she doesn't, at least she'll see uh, how she can do it later. So uh, so kudos to uh, to Perlchin. And it's well-deserved when you when you work that hard on the pitch. Uh, as far as the game for this weekend, uh, like you said, I think the Blue Devils were just uh, the better team overall, but Turgonong fought well. I think for, uh, for, what, for, for Scott Codlon, excuse me, what mattered was you know, we talked about that momentum uh, and getting ready for the the postseason games and and being there when it matters. It was a bit hard, I think, for Belconnen after the uh, the NTC, uh, the few injuries that uh, was were niggling in in the squad. And again, you know, this weekend he wasn't the full team that was playing, and now great for Pearl team, but she's going to be missed absolutely uh, by by Belcon United while she's away in Spain. Uh, so so it's it's it was challenging, and I think. And I think what we've seen is the depth uh, at Belconnen United has been pretty spectacular this season. You know, players like Maddie Steinacker coming in and she got an assist. Uh, JLM's coming in and, and scoring. Uh, of course, um, Maya Rathowski that we talk about every time we, we see them play, who's, who's been a really, a really good utility player, able to, to play a number of uh, positions. So I think that's that's the main positive that we get after the weekend. Of course, it's a fourth consecutive um, clean sheet as well for the Blue Devils. Uh, th- that goal from JLM, I didn't see uh, her um, not celebrating against her former club. So I'm assuming there's no love lost there between uh, between the Ems and, and Tergonong. But, uh, but yeah, it was good that she was able to uh, to score uh, her first goal. And, and I'm sure she was happy to uh, to do it against uh, a club that she left halfway through the season. Tergonong has been, I think, a, a good team this season. Of course, the addition of Sammy Wood uh, in the last few weeks had definitely made uh, a difference. Uh, and, and they know that they have still a bit of work to do, but I think they're on the right path. Uh, Belkon United look four years later the, the, the title is you know they're sort of like one hand on the handle that game against Olympic is going to be uh, very very important for uh, for them if they if they can't um, win that one then it'll, it'll show the work they still have to do to be able to get the silverware uh, but if they uh, if they get a success on Wednesday well they'll, they'll deserve that trophy too 
Yeah, that's right, uh, Jeremy. Uh, Matt, do you want to get into the MPLW uh, fixture list for this coming weekend? Certainly will. Uh, Jeremy mentioned a big one there, so let's start with that one. MPLW midweek catch-up from round nine, uh, and that is Canberra Olympic against Belconnie United, Wednesday, August 23, 7pm from Woden Park enclosed. Like Jeremy mentioned there, it could be quite pivotal for the title race. Then we go to the weekend of our round 20 fixtures. Belconnie United against Canberra United Academy, Saturday, August 26, 3 p.m. at McKellar Park. Then we have Canberra Olympic against the West Canberra Wanderers, Sunday, August 27, 2.30 p.m. at, at O'Connor Enclosed. Tyrone United are next up against Gungahlin United, Sunday, August 27, 3 p.m. at Canberra 201. Then we have Canberra Croatia against ANUWFC, Sunday, August 27, 2.35 p.m. at Deacon Stadium. Well, that's what it says on Dribble anyway, when I last checked in terms of the time. So, Jeremy, thank you so much for joining us. As always, any last thoughts for the round? We're getting very close to finals time. Yeah, exactly. Thanks for having me, uh, boys. Thanks for another uh, really cool year. Uh, we are getting very close and uh, I'm pretty gutted that on Wednesday night I'm working, so I can't be at that game between uh, Berkeley and United and and, uh, and Canberra Olympic, uh, but I'll try and uh, I'll try and make sure to watch it while while serving my favorite guest at the at the restaurant. But yeah, good luck to uh, both teams, both coaches. It's going to be a, a really, really good match. Now we'll move on to the CPL segment of the show, Matt. We kick things off with a huge win for Brindabella Blues. They hit Gungahlin Juventus for six, a 6 0 win for the hosts. It was Deegan Smith with a double, Munoz, Wilkes, Schaefer, and Simpsons with an own goal there. So an emphatic victory for the Blues in this game. And you know, for Canberra Juventus, their task was made, you know, very, very difficult when they went down to 10 men 36 minutes into the game as Caleb Cullen Rua was sent off for a second yellow card. So, I mean, it was just an uphill battle for Canberra Juventus ever since that red card. And that's when Brindabella turned on the Jets and went on to score six unanswered goals. So, it really shows how impactful that red card ultimately proved to be, but Deegan Smith got his side into the lead just before halftime, the 44th minute, Matt, and then they came out in the second half with three goals in the space of eight minutes. So you had Deegan Smith score his second, Munoz and Wilkes on the score sheet at that moment in time. So it was, you know, uh, an emphatic uh, sort of first uh, eight minutes of the second half, Matt. And when we look at, you know, moving on a little bit further with Brindies and their top scorer, Curtis Schaefer notched uh, his 10th goal of the CPL campaign in the 68th minute to make it 5-0. And Juventus's horror second half was capped off with a known goal from Brody Simmons. Simpson, sorry. Three minutes later for 6-0. It was a tough day in the office for Juventus to fight 
for 55 minutes of the match down to 10 men against an informed Brindies. Like I said, it was nil-nil. They get the red card and everything changes for them. So not a great day in the office, obviously, for Juventus in this one. Uh, they still remain seventh. They're three points above White Eagles heading into the final part of the season. Brindies with that big victory on the scorecard. Uh, and what that means for the table is they keep pace in the top four race. Uh, they're still tied third with ANU. However, the university side still have the edge on goal difference. And Belco remains one point behind them and Wagga on four, uh, by four points. So we mentioned Brindy's fine form. They've now won two games on the trot and haven't lost since round 12. So it goes to show that they're picking up form at the right time of the season. Matt, do you want to get into our next encounter? A cracking game. This one was, and, you know, a huge result for Belconnen and a bit of, you know, a slump for the away side in this one in terms of their aspirations to try and get MPL football. I mean, it's still not over for Queanbeyan, but it was a bit of a missed opportunity as we will get into due to Ugali's result uh, later in the show. But in this one, like you mentioned, huge win for Belconnen United, 3-2 over Queanbeyan City at home. Queanbeyan got, it was Queanbeyan though, they got off to the dream start at McKellar Park as they proceeded to score two goals in the opening seven minutes. The goals came courtesy of Nico Abbott and Abdullahi. Uh, this is Abbott's 17th goal of the season. So, and he's still tied top goal scorer of the CPL charts with Darren Bailey on that figure. Belconnen United's halftime substitute, Jay James Ward, made a difference as he got Belconnen on the score sheet 18 minutes into the second stanza. Abraham uh, brought the Blue Devils level with 15 minutes remaining into this one to make it 2-2. And when it looked like the match was going to end as a draw, uh, it ended in dramatic fashion. Striker uh, David McCarran scored deep into stoppage time in the 94th minute to seal a terrific comeback and victory for the home side. Overall, tough, a tough loss for Queanbeyan to concede that comeback in the final minutes of the match as well. Uh, as we continue, as we continue to see, 2-0, um, Michael, is the most dangerous scoreline in football, uh, most dangerous lead anyway in football. Uh, the loss means, though, that Queanbeyan are now five points behind Ugali with a game in hand. While it doesn't mean uh, it's over for them in terms of the, the race, it is an opportunity missed to gain points on Ugali as Ugali uh, dropped points this weekend and got a draw. So all still to play for, and we'll wait and see how that one goes. In terms of the top four race, though, it was a big win for Belconnen, and they're still within touching distance of that top four. They're only one point behind tied third, ANU, and the Brindies. And it's also a first victory in two rounds, but overall their form in the last batch of matches uh, continued to do quite well to end the season as they've won three from their last five. So Belconnen with form at the right time to try and make that top four. And we talked a little bit about it last week, Michael, but a team that's picked up form in the last couple of matches uh, exactly when it was needed got a big victory at home. Yes, they did, Matt. They certainly did. It was a new 4-0 over Canberra White Eagles. Deans with a goal, Sakari with 
a goal as well in the first half, and it was Al Nuasir and Peterkin with a goal as well to essentially put forward a dominant display for ANU against Canberra White Eagles' expense. They, ANU, sorry, they backed up their pivotal victory last week with an emphatic one at home in this match. The uni side went on a scoring blitz with three goals in three minutes to open the scoring on Saturday. So once they got that first one in the 23rd minute, Matt, they just went on to score two more goals. And before you knew it, it was 26 minutes in and it was 3-0 to ANU. So certainly at that moment in time, it looked like it was going to be an absolute mountain for Canberra White Eagles to climb to try and get themselves back into this game. And we know that the struggles that they've been under for most of the year and how they're trying to avoid, obviously, relegation and time's running out very, very fast for White Eagles. The first goal uh, came courtesy of Chase Deans, a beautiful uh, ball over the top of the defence for Sakari to run onto before he unleashed a shot into the far corner, which Deans... Uh, tapped home. It was, you know, the second then came for Sakari as he once again got on the end of a great ball over the top and he placed it past the keeper in the far post and this was his third goal in three games, so a bit of good recent form there. The third came once again from a nice ball over the top of the White Eagles' defence as El Nuasir was there to make the run before shoving off the defender and putting it into the back of the net. Peter King capped off a fine afternoon for ANU in this one with the fourth goal in the 81st minute. And like I mentioned, Matt, Eagles, they just couldn't recover after that three-minute collapse in the first half, and they remain in eighth place, three points behind Juventus. Time's running out for them, as we've already mentioned, with only two two games remaining to try and get themselves off the foot of the latter. ANU, on the other hand, a finding form at the right time of the season, winning their second on the trot. They remain tied third over Brindy's with the edge on goal difference, as we mentioned, obviously, when talking about the Brindabella match. And as previously mentioned, Velcro trails them by one and Wagga by four. So the top four race will roll on until the end of the season. And that's what we like to see. We like to see a nice and competitive league with Positions still at stake to try and claim, certainly in the top four for CPL football. Matt, do you want to get into our last CPL match before we get into the round 20 fixtures? Yeah, and it was a big one. The Riverina derby, Ugali and Wagga City 1-1. Ugali got off to a good start in the Riverina derby as they opened the scoring within the opening 20 minutes from none other than Darren Bailey with his 17th goal of the CPL campaign. As mentioned in the Queenby match, he's still top tied top goal scorer of the competition along with Nico Abbott of Queanbeyan City. Wagga struck back at a cru- uh, with a crucial goal for their top four hopes to seal a point at home. The goal came via Thomas Yongai. Uh, Ashton Burke received a second yellow and subsequent send-off for Wagga one minute later. Uh, So that means he'll miss the next uh, match on the weekend. Uh, The home side were able to hold on for the draw, though. As I mentioned uh, 
four. It was an important point for Wagga as he keeps them in pace with the top four. They remain in sixth place. Uh, three points off Belko and in fifth and four points off Brindis and ANU who are in tied third, also covering that fourth spot as well. And they also do have that match in hand, do Wagga. A point was enough in the end for Ugali to slightly extend their lead over second place Queenbian with their loss against Belco. Ugali remain in first place, five points ahead of the aforementioned team, who of course still have that match in hand. However, with this draw, Ugali do put themselves back in pole position. It looks like this race, as we mentioned a few times, will go down to the wire. That's the theme of the episode. Michael, as I mentioned, Quite a bit to play for to end this season on all fronts in this competition. How does twenty uh, round 20 shape up? Well, it shapes up very, very nicely, Matt. We've got Brindabella Blues up against ANU. What a game that's going to be. Saturday, August 26th, 3pm at Ipen Park, Corwell. Canberra White Eagles, it's a big, big game for them at home against Belconning United. Saturday, August 26th, 3pm at Woden Park, enclosed. Canberra Ventus then play Yulgali Saturday, August 29th, 3 p.m. at Ainsley 201. Before lastly, we have Queanbeyan City up against Wagga City Wanderers in another great game, which will also, like the other matches, be played on Saturday, August 26th, 3 p.m. at High Street. So some great games to look forward to and can't wait, like I've mentioned a few times, to break it all down next time on the show, Matt, for episode 93. That's us for this episode of episode 92 of the Canberra Football Show. Uh, Women's World Cup's all over. The European seasons are starting. The Women's League, uh, Women's Seasons in Europe isn't far off either. So lots and lots of football, not to mention the end of all the MPLs in Canberra over the next month and a bit. Michael, any last thoughts before we sign off? No, I'm just looking forward to all the games and I think the finals football picture pictures across all the competitions are certainly intriguing. And I think all of them are going to come obviously right down to the wire. It goes to show just how competitive all the leagues have been this season. It's literally going to come down to the last sort of couple of fixtures before we know who makes the finals, who doesn't make the finals. And I can't wait to break it all down. Neither can I. That'll be next weekend. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. It was episode 92 of the Canberra Football Show, and we'll see you in 93. Have a good weekend, and as always, enjoy the football.